Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts. Innovators. Creators. Storytellers. And the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Oh, folks, welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. <laughs> and I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media, marketing, and beyond. And today we have our friend, Katie Fox from Ecamm. She's on the show and we're going to cover the creator economy in 2023. And what do we mean when we say creator economy? I know that that word is super buzzy these days. <laughs> and basically it is... An industry where in which talented people on the internet, like all of us, I hope, are leveraging social media <laughs> audiences to develop careers as independent creatives, using their time, their talent, their skills, their passions, all of that to move brands forward. So and today we're going to talk about the challenges of keeping the creator economy sustainable from both the brand and a creator perspective. Fortunately, all of us have experience in each of those arenas. We're also <laughs> going to cover monetization opportunities, how to stand out as a new or niche creator, something that I know Katie likes to talk about at, when, at, over at Ecamm. And then also getting Katie's take on being both a marketer and a creator as she hosted she just completed her first year of hosting the Flow podcast. So I'm going to hear about all that and more. So very excited. Yes. And uh, Katie, I'm so glad that you're here. And I want to, if you don't know Katie, oh my gosh, I can't, I'm so excited <laughs> to introduce her to you because uh, she is the market, the director of marketing at Ecamm Network. She gets to work alongside some of the most amazing live streamers and content creators, helping them reach their goals and grow their business using video marketing and live streaming. Just like uh, Grace said, she's also fresh off a year a year. That's a big Not that's not a big quite. Deal. I'm si I'm halfway because we started halfway through the last year. I'll oh, take yeah, it. I'm, I'm we'll just round up. We'll round up. So a <laughs> we'll podcast. We'll round up. We're very yeah. generous here. But she's been show. doing we'll sessions and this kind of stuff. Uh, she's been hosting her own live uh, podcast and it's called The Flow. So mm -hmm. I want to pull that up on the screen so you guys make sure that you guys go there, give her a rating and review because it is a weekly show that will take you step by step through the process of video podcasting. And it's mm -hmm. focused on building efficient and effective workflows so that your content really shines. So go check it out at flow.ecam.com. It is amazing. And just a little, oh, we'll get into it later. I've got some little breaking news, so you'll have to stick around. <laughs> but I'm so excited she's here. Katie, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. This is like the best way to spend Friday. So. <laughs> That's what we think, too. I'm glad that yeah. you feel that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and and I mentioned it before, but our sponsor is Ecamm. So make sure you go check them out at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They are what makes this show happen. There is a ton of cool stuff coming out uh, on Ecamm. We'll get into that a little bit later, but you just want to mm -hmm. go check it out. So go to socialmedianewslive.com <laughs> forward slash Ecamm. Grace, you told me to speed it up today, and I'm trying my hardest, um, but I'm so excited. You know it probably won't go. It's not going to happen, but uh, 
I Let's know. dive right into this first thing of that we have the getting the sustaining the creator economy because this is really important. Keeping it sustainable. So facts. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna lay down some facts. Opportunities for creators have expanded. There have been never before have there been so many opportunities. And also with that, the level of competition has ramped up. Video used to be back in the day when we first started doing this together, Jeff, used to be a way to stand out and be different. And now everyone is using video in their marketing. Also, the expectations have shifted. We used to have more polished, scripted videos, which there's still a place for that, of course. But the reality is that we're very focused on being real and imperfect. In fact, as we were starting the show, I did my be real this morning. Right, you did. So, <laughs> so, you know, to the point, there's a proliferation of rising social media platforms and, um, we're just going to say some chaos and some others, you know, little little scramble. We talked about this a little bit last week as well. Uh, and there's, there's also been challenges with monetizing content. It's challenging and it seems rare to make a solid living off of their work, or at least, you know, as Katie put it earlier in the beginning of the show, is like people aren't necessarily monetizing in the way that most people think that they are. And also, you know, let's be honest, there's a lot of turnover and burnout. But mm-hmm. when it comes to creating content, there's a slight feeling of this oversaturation that more and more platforms are becoming the same as more people turn to content as a source of income. And it might be a little bit harder for people that are new, new, to, new into this game or people that have different perspectives to really surface. And the problem with that is that you'll just have a lack of diversity or inclusion. But, you know, we want to make this you know, Ecamm is one of those tools that makes this accessible to everyone. But tell me, Katie, is this true? Have you seen or heard this from your own customers over at Ecamm that it is getting a little bit harder? And then how are they overcoming it? Yeah, it's a it's a crazy space out there. And I think everything that you said is is incredibly true as more and more people are trying to figure out like, OK, I keep getting told over and over and over again. I keep seeing that I need to be doing video. I need to be doing more video. It's really hard to try to figure out like where your space is. Um, but I will say uh, kind of on the, the sunny side of that, there is definitely a, still a space for everyone. And I think it really comes down to having a really solid strategy, knowing what you want to get out of it and knowing what your space is, what your niche is, what your uh, target audience is, you know, who are those people that you're trying to reach. Uh, it's not possible to do absolutely everything, and especially in a space where there are new platforms and new features on these platforms happening on a regular minute by minute basis. Mm-hmm. So we all need to remind ourselves that, you know, we need to take it slow and be consistent and really understand what we as creators are trying to get out of that process and that experience, because there's going to be a lot of noise that's going to cause a lot of distractions and anxiety and burnout. So uh, I wanted to to bring up because uh, there's so many creators right now in our audience who's watching. We had Dustin here a little earlier. Uh, My friend Connor Brown is killing it on TikTok. He was actually on our show. He goes, hey, party people, excited to hear more about the state of the creator economy. He's doing really, really good using uh, TikTok to uh, sell his guide services that he does at Disney. So, uh, Connor, thank you for watching. Another incredible creator is our friend uh, Chris Stone. He is saying, awesome guest, the best show on the interwebs. Chris is a big uh, supporter of the show. I appreciate you, my friend. But he is killing it with Dealcasters over Mm -hmm. on uh, Amazon and Amazon Amazon, Live. And so I really appreciate him stopping by. But then, of course, we've got, and I was just on their show, we've got Fujins and Anna uh, popping in over on uh, YouTube. Um, They are killing it with with the stuff they're doing. So they're they're coming on next week. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was on their show. It's just amazing. We have all these amazing creators. But 
seeing all these people who are watching the show, they're all creators. A lot of them are in these kind of specific niches or niches, mm-hmm. whoever you want yep. to say it. Um, <laughs> but what do you think is the thing that kind of, uh, that they all kind of fit under? Like, what's your advice for standing out with live video? Because all those people do live video. Um, how, how are they all doing it and being successful? Is there one thing you can put your finger on, um, Katie, that you can think of why people are, I guess, why, how are people, what's the best way people can be successful with live video? Yeah, I, I think honestly, it comes down to mindset. And I, I know that that's probably not what everyone necessarily wants to hear, but successful is going to mean really different things for different people. And I would say that, again, if you can go back and figure out what your goals are for getting started past just someone told you that you should be on video, right. <laughs> whatever that means, um, you know, it. the reality is, is that not every single one of these shows and podcasts and live streams are going to have millions and millions and millions of subscribers and followers and fans. And we're not all going to become, you know, instant celebrities overnight. But that doesn't mean that, that there are not, you know, millions of shows out there that are hugely successful that, you know, have these really like um, intense, you know, Pat Flynn calls them like a super fan bases where you could have 20, 30, 50, 100, 200, you know, really dedicated listeners who, you know, rave about you and are able to support what your goals are, whether those are financial or otherwise. So I would say that there is definitely a space for everyone that we need to kind of rethink our mindset on what success means and on how long it takes to get there. We're we're told over and over again that, you know, it's, it's, we have this kind of million dollar number in right, our head, right? right? right. Million subscribers, a million dollars, a million everything. And that's not what it's going to, it's not what it takes to be successful for the mass majority of us. So start rethinking that and, mm-hmm. and really kind of find what your space is and what those goals are. And when you hit them, then, you know, then set the next goal, set the next thing, but it's going to be a slow process and a, a level of consistency to get there. Yeah. So one yeah, of the things absolutely. there's that I don't can't remember who said it, but don't it was like don't compare your start to somebody else's middle. Um, oh, absolutely. That, or you know, like you're not you know like I use Dak Shepard all the time as an example because right. I'm a diehard fan of armchair right. expert. Yeah. But like we all need to remember that like Dak Shepard was already famous when he yeah. started his podcast, right? right? <laughs> just so like, just well, a little, you know, right? Just a little. Like, and had a super famous wife and started his podcast with an interview with his super famous wife and has like a, t- so like, and had tons of money. And even him, like, I, I think a lot of those numbers aren't real and are kind of set up mm-hmm. to make us feel, you know, inadequate and, and feel this kind of push to, to do more and to be on more platforms and to be on more places. And I think we all need to remember that, you know, there are, are creators out there that are making a ton of money and that are, you know, building these really effective businesses who have, again, like, you know, a fraction of what, mm-hmm. what many of us would consider success. So, yeah. So on that note, um, one of the things like for us, this is our third year. We, this is our third year of doing this show, which yeah. we think it's successful. But one of the things is, is you have to define success for yourself. And you mentioned that, yeah. Katie, like success for us may look different for success for somebody else. Some people yeah. may just want to do. We do this for community because we love this community. I love getting the comments. <laughs> I do love doing this live show yeah. because it's community. Uh, and in fact, Robert Lee says, yep, a thousand percent, a big believer in preaching, identifying what your goals and purposes yeah, before, before starting a channel yeah, exactly. or launching into yeah. a live stream. Yeah. yeah, that is really, really key. And then Chris says, uh, that's it. There's power in the niches, especially in podcasting. Yeah, 100%. Very, very true. 
And so, um, yeah, and Paul goes, if you compare your, your start to someone else's middle, you created your finish. Ooh, that's a tweetable, Paul. Way to go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Paul for the win. Yeah, that's right. So are there some steps that you, like when you talk to these new creators, because you have a lot of people coming in on Ecamm because they want to create content. And it's not just for live. You can create, yep. you know, presentations, also, yep. you know, TikTok videos, all sorts of things with Ecamm. Yep. Do you, when you're kind of consulting or talking with people, do you like give them like any sort of roadmap or anything like that for defining success or, you know, for them to figure out what success is for them? Yeah. I mean, we do, we do a lot of, um, you know, live trainings and tutorials and, and demos and blog posts, mm-hmm. a lot of content around thinking through, you know, what the, the planning, the planning stage and the workflow stage, right? So like, what, what do you want to accomplish and how can you get there in a way that's really efficient and isn't going to make you feel really bogged down, right? Like you're going to, you're going to need to stand up and then take the first step before you're walking, before you're running, before, you know, before you get all the way there. And, And, you know, tools like Ecamm are awesome, but can also kind of cause a little bit of that level of anxiety because you can do so much, right? As you just said, Mm -hmm. like you can, you can record videos, you can live stream, you can, you know, you can improve your meetings in Zoom, you can do all of these different things, but you shouldn't do all of those at once. And you shouldn't Mm -hmm. do all of those when you're just getting started. So I think, you know, we have lots of conversations about like, why did you want to do this in the first place? And most people have a level of passion or excitement, you know, there's, there's an element of, of fun in it that they want to do that, that really is kind of the, the foundational part. So helping them figure out like, what about it is fun? What about it? Are you passionate about? Is there something that you want to be helping people get to or do, or, you know, bring some entertainment and some enjoyment to people? Let's start there and figure out who that audience is. And then let's figure out how you're going to do it. You know, where, where are those people? Where are the best platforms that they're on? Mm -hmm. Are those the platforms that you as a creator want to spend time on and want to be creating on? Um, because all those platforms are different too in, in what they offer and what, um, what their reach is and what their potential is. So, yeah, you know, I think we really try to, in everything we do, take it back to like, you know, these are really cool things you could do, but, right. you know, should you? And right. does does this make <laughs> sense for you right now? Or is this something that you're looking at later? Or is this something that is never going to make sense for you? Like right. there, you know, there are things that Ecamm teaches that are never going to make sense for, you know, a huge part of our audience, but there's an audience, you know, who want to be doing like, you know, remote production work or like really, you know, huge productions, you know, that's not going to make sense for our YouTube creators, but that's okay. They might get ideas for themselves from it, but they, we don't expect them or want them to be doing everything that doesn't make sense for their brand or, or for their themselves as creators. Gotcha. The, the, one of the things, and I want to kind of take it a little bit back to what's been in the news cycle lately, because, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was actually on, on your Anna and Fujin show and we talked a lot about this, but how do you, and I have my opinions, but I want to know what you're talking about. How do you think live video is going to be affected by services like chat GPT? And, you know, the Jasper has been up for a while yeah, and there's yeah. more like popping up weekly. I just saw a guy, then there's this mm-hmm. other service where you can actually upload your, your use, your video avatar, and then it'll take, it'll take it and create that using you, which is really freaky. It's a little uncanny valley there, but <laughs> What is your thought about all this AI stuff? Because it's it's in the news. Microsoft looks like they're going to they put so many billions yeah. of dollars in it. What do you think this is going to do to live video? 
Yeah. So um, you may, you all may or may not know this about me, but um, but I come from a, a copywriting and a content marketing background and have done a you know a ton of work over my career in SEO. And so what I would say is at least my feeling on it is that it offers a huge potential for creators who are smart and who are willing to to jump in and play around with it early uh, on filling out all of that. Um, all of that content, right? So we need to all remember that currently, and this may change obviously as things progress, but currently all of those search engines, Google, YouTube, which is the you know most powerful search engine out there for video, they don't see images. They don't see video. Uh, they don't hear audio very well or if at all. So we still need to be able to get all of that text content out there, right? So AI is a hugely effective way for us all to do that. We're trying to save time. What we should be caring about is the content itself and being able to get that out there to people. So, you know, as you're thinking through like what your topic are for your upcoming podcast or for your live show or for a training or tutorial that you're doing, put those words into tools like ChatGBT or, you know, any of these AI tools and let them build out the SEO rich description for you. Let them, you know, think through what, what aspects of that topic you may not have even thought about because they have access to the entire internet, the hive mind, right? right? right, right. So, <laughs> like it, it's not, uh, you know, I'm, it's been interesting watching all these conversations happening on, you know, on LinkedIn and on all these platforms about like, you know, what do we do with this? What, what's the potential? What are the fears and concerns about it? I would say that it it's going to, and I think Doc posted this, but it's it's going to make those of us who dive in better, right? And we're not we're not worried about about AI stealing our jobs or about robots stealing our jobs or, or the creativity, we should be worried about people who are successful at it stealing our jobs and our creativity. Mm -hmm. So I think it's one of those things that we need to, um, we need to really double down on and think through ways that we can use it to help us surface our content better or make our content better by, by catching all of those important topics. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I talked a lot about this on uh, Ecamm's channel. So go watch that show I did with Anna. <laughs> um, yes, but I, let's I will bring just up Doc's say, comment here, Jeff. It's yeah, funny. I just will say one of the things is that, um, you know, an AI can't build community right now. So it can't. It can. And uh, yeah. Hey, Doc, I just stole your point. So we can take it. We can <laughs> right. give Doc all of the credit for it. But yeah, I oh, want yeah, to read no, this for absolutely. our podcast audience. So it says Doc Rock says people out here having blockbuster thoughts. <laughs> but I'm going to do Netflix and bury them while they still stand. Yeah. yeah. While they stand still. Yeah. While, while they stand, stand still. Yeah. Stand still. So yeah. that's Doc. Doc having opinions is very rare. So I'm glad we captured that <laughs> on video. Yeah. So uh, for the podcast audience as well. That's so, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Grace, let's. This is important. This next to topic. So I'll let, yeah. go ahead and let you ask the question because I think this is a big struggle for all creators. Yeah, you know, Jeff and I talk about this quite a bit. So let's address burnout and turnover in the creator space. Burnout is quite mm -hmm. severe with 61% of creators facing burnout, according to ConvertKit's. This was their uh, 2022 State of Creator Economy report. So you can get access to that if you're interested in finding more. A lot of them are citing that they feel pressure to post consistently and be everywhere. There's comparison to other creators. You can go on and on and on with with all the reasons why people are feeling this this sense of burnout or turnover and i think because we're all on social media there's this feeling that we need to be online and on all the time and we know that that's it's just not sustainable but what tips do you have from creators or your customers that you've talked to that you've worked with on avoiding or overcoming or getting past this sense of like burnout when it comes to being a creator because it does take a lot of you lot from you to be creative. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's a hugely important topic and exists, obviously, beyond the creator, <laughs> the creator space. Um, I think it comes down to a few different things. Um, one, I'm a big believer, as I said earlier, about the content, the concept of creating really effective you know, time management workflows and really, you know, understanding what's going to be possible within the time that you've allotted to your creator space, to your creativity, uh, and just create those boundaries. Don't, you don't need to be everywhere. You don't need to be, you know, creating 5 million videos a week. You need to figure out what is sustainable for you to be effective. It's much, much more important for you to be consistent than for you to be, you know, creating tons and tons and tons of content uh, and have, you know, I, like I forget who said it. Doc will probably correct me here in the comments. Uh, but during our during our uh, leap into podcasting uh, virtual summit last year, we had one of our speakers say that, you know, you we should all really be considering tools, all of the tools and software that we use as teammates. So, you know, often mm -hmm. in this creator space, we are by ourselves, we, you know, maybe we have like a co-host or someone, one other person that's helping us, but by and large, you know, we're alone or we're in these really small teams. And so find the tools that act like teammates that make right. that process easier for you, that take some of the load off and get rid of all the other ones. You don't need to have everything. It just can get really um, daunting when you have kind of too much on your plate and too much going on. And then I, the second thing I would say is that, um, you know, really accept the fact that it is okay and plan for taking breaks, you know, whether that means that you're doing a podcast seasons, uh, you know, or you're taking off holidays, like again, put up those boundaries as long as you are, letting your community and your listeners and your viewers know what your schedule is and what's coming up, that's okay. Like that's not, that's not, you know, piecing out and dropping the ball. That is setting up boundaries and creating, uh, you know, sustainable schedules and, and being able to deliver to your viewers. They would rather you say that you're taking off the, you know, Christmas holiday and you'll be back on the other side better and stronger than ever than, you know, powering through and expecting like, well, if I don't show up week after week, like they're going to be gone. They're only going to be gone if you if you don't communicate effectively with them right. and let them know what the plan is. So um, give yourself a little bit of permission and set yourself up for success because it it does get hard and it is a lot of work. So um, trying your best to avoid that as best as possible is is always right. a good plan. Yeah, I give my my fr my friend Ian Anderson Gray a hard time because he's mm -hmm. he's in, over in the UK and he they're always on holiday and I'm like, dude, I wish we would do that more in the yes, US. Yes. I really do. Well, um, I think yeah. burning ourselves. It's just not as big of a flex as we think it is. Like saying that, it's like, not. Like, it's yeah. Yeah, it's not or whatever. Yeah. It's so true, Grace. I like I um I've learned this a lot from I'm I am a total workaholic and I have grown up in the world of like, you know, the hardest one, the one who's there, the one who shows up, the one who mm -hmm. like will do anything is the one who wins. It is not the case anymore. And we need to start kind of deep deprogramming ourselves from believing that. Like mm -hmm. it it's it's okay to set those boundaries and I, it's a challenge I struggle with myself, but I, I'm here to tell you that if I can do it, you could, it's okay to say, I'm not on Slack today, put up an away message. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. not going to show up on Instagram today. It, it's okay to, to put those boundaries up. And it's important to train. Oh, Grace went away. So oh. um, are you still there, Grace? Cause I just see a, Oh no, Grace. Grace, where are you? Um, oh, well, she oh. Just, oh, well. Like, 
So but anyway, um, one of the things that <laughs> she's that like, I, nope, done. Yeah, she's done. She's like, this is her do not disturb sign. When I see this, I know that Grace is not available. This is her yes. But uh, one of the things that um, I think is important, too, is training your clients to have breaks, like saying like, hey, I'm not going to be yeah. I mean, I'm in the mornings are mine. I'll be available for you in the afternoons or whatever. But doing that from the very beginning. hundred percent. Yeah. So Robert uh, Lee yeah. over on LinkedIn says this. He goes, number one, step away. Uh, number two, build redundancies mm-hmm. and have other programs you can either replay or stagger releases to give you time to breathe. And three says, new solution I've seen others use is to have a backup host to fill in, which is a great yes. idea. And we have actually done that uh, here on this show. So uh, uh, yeah. very cool. Thanks for those, Robert, over on LinkedIn. So, um, yeah. by the way, uh, real quick, this the show is sponsored by our friends over. E- if you can't tell or not, we're big fans of Ecam, not just because they sponsor <laughs> the show, but they're super smart. If you could look in the comments, you see that they're you know they're smart, they're funny, they have a good time. So not only is it a great, incredible product, it's also an incredible community. I, I use Ecam as a um, example on how to build community because they do such a great job, even with Doc in there. I mean, they do a great job uh, running that. <laughs> Doc, 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 so, but you oh can find out gosh. more social media news live.com forward slash ecam. Bunch of cool new stuff Look coming at, out. So make sure you check that out. Go ahead. Great. Jeff being brave on the internet. Oh, yeah. I know. He's <laughs> oh, in, yeah, it takes you forever to get here and pummel me. Um, that's true. Like, that's true. Yeah, Long so, flight. Yeah. Well, I'm back. Sorry about that. My camera decided to take a break. It was that's like, right. God, oh, yeah. It was like, you know, we were talking about taking a break and we did. So, okay. Yeah. This is super important. We need to talk about this as well. Monetization. Like yeah. everybody needs to make money. We all want to do this, but Grace, uh, you have found even more stats because you're amazing. So run us through this. <laughs> Grace yeah. has got the stats. Yeah. I love it. According to Influencer Marketing Hub, the creator economy was valued at $16.4 billion at the end of 2022, and it is still continuing to grow. Yet only 5% of creators actually earn a living from their content, directly from their content, according to another study, as we've talked about earlier, we've talked about in previous shows, it's like a lot of creators are making money other ways, but not necessarily directly from the what we're seeing or what other people are seeing online. And this is something that everyone is very curious about is how uh, content creators can partner or work together with brands in a mutually beneficial way to help support their personal brands and to also move the brand goals forward. Many creators are hoping to drift away from this transactional one-off paid projects as we've seen in like with influencers and things in exchange for something more long-term, more collaborative, lasting partnerships, lasting relationships that help them grow their own business and, and also help the, um, brands that they're helping, but they're also looking to be treated fairly and to be compensated appropriately. Meanwhile, businesses want to work with good creators to help drive their goals and make these partnerships worthwhile investments, which is crucial to the long-term success and stability of the entire creator economy. But it is increasingly necessary that we bridge this gap between, is there a gap? I don't know, but between what brands want and then what, 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 audience and how to reach these audiences using creators. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, Katie, you work alongside some of the best and most amazing live streamers and creator content Mm -hmm. creators in the industry, helping them reach their goals and grow their businesses with video marketing and live streaming. As this industry continues to grow and tries to harness the creator economy, 
and media evolves, what is the next priority? Let's let's take it from the brand perspective. What is the best priority, next priorities for marketers to help bridge this gap that we are seeing is more and more necessary to reach their audiences? What is the priority for marketers? Yeah, I, it's um, it's a good question. I mean, I think it's really understanding where creators are coming from like as you said there there's sort of this there's been this shift from you know influencers where it was like i'm gonna hire this you know influencer for a specific project or campaign to you know this really strong desire from the creator economy from the creator space to want to do more of these kinds of long-term partnerships i would say marketing professionals haven't necessarily quite caught up to that yet. So there's probably going to be this level of education and, you know, and relationship building that is going to be really necessary for creators in order to hit their goals and to get where they want to be. So I, I guess to, to flip the question, I would say marketers by and large are, are pretty behind on that. And many of them, you know, struggle with, you know, even if they get it and really understand and believe in the vision, it's hard to sell up to a management team or to a C-suite. So, you know, really kind of, I guess, as we're speaking directly to creators, understanding where a marketing team or a marketing professional is coming from is going to be really necessary if you want to win in this space right. and figure out better ways to monetize. Mm. So I so I want to pull up this comment from, from Doc because, of course, once again, he has no opinions. But his marketers <laughs> need to learn how to market in the modern marketplace. Yes. They're out here tr still trying to do old stuff. Right. I yeah. totally mm -hmm. agree. So... Yep. Um, what do you think, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the show, like you're not going to start a podcast in, unless you get super, super lucky. It's like winning the lottery. Like you start getting, you know, huge brand sponsorships. It's a long-term thing. I think of people like Eric Fisher, who's, I think it's almost done it for 10 years. Uh, and he's, you know, he's got great sponsorships. He's made, you know, partners with like Apple uh, MasterCard. I mean, all that stuff happens, but he has a long, it was a long-term. I mean, he was there when- yeah. 10 years is a long time to be a podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same with Lou Mangiello. He's got an incredible community with his WDW radio, but he started back mm -hmm. like almost 20 years ago, I think, with that. And so it's a long play. So what are some ways that, um, you know, for live streamers and video marketers in 2023 that you see some opportunities for them to make some deals and make some money and maybe monetize in a certain way? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I would... I would say, and this is probably going to make me, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry to everyone <laughs> out there watching and listening, but I would say that we need to, as creators, change that conversation. I think, again, you know, marketers by and large are sort of leery of this idea of, you know, lo a long-term investment that is often really difficult to track. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would say that if you're getting started and you're really, and you don't have that, you know, that longevity and kind of the pre pre podcast explosion, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. state uh, for your, for your show or for your podcast, then you should be starting with more than one monetization 
strategy at the back of your mind. So, you know, there are a lot of ways to quote unquote monetize your show or yourself that go beyond just like finding a brand partner and doing these long-term sponsorships. And I would say that some of those smaller, easier ways to get started are going to make you more appealing to those marketers. So, you know, whether that's like what you guys are doing with this show and you're, you know, exploring out into um, live selling and live shopping on platforms like Amazon, that could be like what Doc is doing where, you know, building, um, leveraging community and the, and the fan base that he's building into uh, a paid community and offering you know, additional trainings and support, uh, for those, you know, for those folks, um, that could be something as simple as, um, selling, you know, additional, uh, you know, products or services in and alongside your show. So using your show um, more as kind of a marketing vehicle. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I would say that that kind of having more than one option is going to be really important. And when it comes to sponsorship, I, I'm a big believer in you, you're going to need to build a really good relationship with that brand or that business and really understand not only what their needs are, but like what their you know, what their marketing strategies are, as Doc said, like, you know, maybe they're a little bit behind or maybe they're ahead and they're willing to, you know, to try some things and you might need to take on some of those kind of smaller one-off projects or, you know, or do some things, um, for free or for, you know, for affiliate revenue that, um, to prove yourself and to really Mm -hmm. show the value of that relationship and partnership, it'll be an easier conversation down the road to be able to extend out to, you know, testing out or trying uh, a larger sponsorship. So there's a bunch of options out there. I think it's easy, easiest and we all have in our minds that like, we just want a monthly sponsor for, you know, or a right, few right. monthly sponsors for forever. But I think that there's a bunch of options out there to get to get to that level and a bunch of options that might even be more successful for you and what you're doing than a sponsorship. Yeah. So I wanted to, so Doc, we mentioned his course and some of the things he's doing. Doc, I'm going to offer yeah. him an olive branch so he doesn't pummel me the next time he sees me. Um, <laughs> Doc, feel free to put your link to your course in the comments below because <laughs> we've had you on and you've talked about that before. So that'd be great yeah. if people are interested in that. Um, the other thing, just to be transparent, and I want to talk about this, what you were talking about, what brand, you know, what brands look for, like what you yeah. look for in Ecamm, like when you want to partner yeah. with somebody or be a sponsor at a podcasting conference or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to know your thoughts about that, but I wanted to be a little transparent about like what we do here is I, as a uh, uh, creator, I am very like, I'm, I'm in I'm bothered Katie and slack all the time. Like, Hey, what do you want to, to push this week? I mean, you <laughs> yeah. have, you can't just have, it is a relationship. It's a yeah. long-term yeah. relationship where you, you trust each other and trust is built over time. And yeah. it's not just, Hey, give me my paycheck every week. That's not, yeah. I don't think that's going to work when you first start or ever. Um, mm-hmm. You yep, want to yeah. have these long-term relationships where you're constantly giving them ideas. They're, you're helping them out with, yep. you know, promotions or whatever, but you have to keep being involved. And I think that's a key that has to happen. But what, what do you look for in a brand or a, a conference or where you go spend your time, you know, promoting what makes a creator attractive to a brand, say like Ecamm? Oh my gosh. I, first off, I love that you said that because I have said multiple, multiple times behind the scenes without you listening, Jeff, that, <laughs> that honestly, I feel as though I'm not really, or Ecamm is not really sponsoring this show. I see that financial arrangement much more in the, the benefits of it, much more in the relationships 
um, the relationship that I have with you, Jeff, but mm-hmm. also the relationships that you bring to us. So like you are, you are, you're constantly sort of letting us know about things that you're seeing out there. And that's in the space. You're introducing us to, you know, other creators that might, uh, you know, that might want to know us and work with us. You're letting us know about events. You're like there it's, it is, I am t- sort of tracking, I guess, quote unquote, much more than just, you know, how many subscribers, you know, is this show bringing us in right. as a business? <laughs> right. But that's been a learning progress, you know, a learning process for me as well. Um, and I, I guess to answer the main question that you asked is, is that, you know, Ecamm specifically is a really small business. So we actually don't do hardly any sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of events and we work on a lot of, um, video content projects with people. So we do a lot of mini series and um, virtual events and things like that, that we hire from within our own kind of group of creators. Um, And I'm, I'm really always looking for people that have built a relationship with me, um, you know, without asking for anything in exchange. So the people who have like, you know, showed up with ideas or, you know, or suggested features or just like told me more about what they're doing and, and like what they love or don't love about it, you know, really kind of gone out of their way to understand what, you know, what Ecamm is looking for and how they fit in, you know, to our community. Um, And then those who have like a really clear vision for what they're looking to accomplish. Like I, I say this all the time to creators and some of them take my advice and others do not. But like, if you want to get into this space, you need to have a media kit. You need to have something that you can send these businesses that says what your value is, what your passion is, who your people are, what like, and this goes beyond just like, you know, I've, I have a podcast and I've been doing this for a year and these are like my metrics. It should also go into like, you know, who, who are your people? What is your your vision? Yeah. Yeah. What, you know, what are the, some of the things that you do on a regular basis? Like, you know, are you a podcast host that also speaks at a ton of podcasting events or hosts a, you know, a podcasting like meetup group? Like what, what is, what is your reach and what is your vision? And and as a business, like, I'd like to be able to get to know you in that media, you know, Mm -hmm. kit, but I want to, that's easier for me to take a look at with, you know, with visuals and understand your brand than, you know, a cold email or a DM on LinkedIn or any of those different opportunities. And so few people have them, the amount of messages that that I get where they're just like, you know, I really love to, I really love to partner with you or work with you. And, you know, and I'm, yeah, why? And who are you? And like, and why, like, you know, we, we have thousands of customers. So it's, it's without that kind of, taking the time to build some kind of rapport with me and also, you know, having a, a something that I can reference and look at or share with my team. It's just really difficult for me to even want to continue those conversations. So I, it's more work. I get it. But also, right. you know, having a really good understanding of what you as a creator want to get out of it and what value you bring to the brand partner you want to work with is huge. Without it, you're not going to win. Yep. Carrie. Uh, I love that. <laughs> yes, I noticed we both read air. Let's yeah, connect. Yeah, yeah. Let's oh. like LinkedIn. Yeah, I get messages oh all the time. We're like, "Hey, we're both HR professionals. We're not. Yeah. Or we both work in we, IT. Also, no. Like, yeah, I yeah. just, you know, it's so. so I, let me know if this. Was, I think this would be a good show topic. It's like how to create a media kit. So if that'd be something you guys yes, think would be great please, to do, do uh, let us know in the comments because I think we can get yeah. some really good experts on who could teach us how to do that really, really well. But uh, Grace, yeah. you want? There's a, a great question. I know you wanted to talk about. So. Let me pull it up. Oh, I was just going to add the comment that this morning we got an email, Jeff, where someone was like pitching their content creation services to us. And I was like, so you want to hire us? And they're like, no, we're not hiring. Like, it's like, crazy. Yeah. So. yeah. 
Whatever. So he okay, so want to stand up. one step above that, guys. Like, like really? I would like for you to step up from that. Yeah, I would like for you to like at least know who we are. Right. <laughs> that and then pitch us at least put my name in this email. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah. let's get to Jim's question here, and then I want to read Doc's response, but I want to get your response too as well, Katie. So Jim asks, is there an advantage mm-hmm. to being a truly creative thinker versus a highly analytical like me? to beat the competition. And Doc's response to this was, Jim, I was born analytical. I put that dude in the basement and went creative. The only algorithm or analyst that need I need are my community. Numbers cause knee-jerk reactions. People are real and better. And, and I, I think being that. analytical is creativity in a different direction. I, I just I think everybody is creative. I'm sorry, but Katie, yeah. what are your thoughts? No, I, I completely agree. And I was gonna say, like, I think you can, I, I agree. And then I also love Doc's comment because I, I think it's a it's a mix of both. So I would say if you're highly analytical and you're like super numbers driven and you really want to be able to to show that whether it's an immediate kid or just you know in in general, like show you know show quotes and and think about different kinds of metrics that you that you can show that matter more to people. We've been talking for most of this episode about the fact that everyone has these kinds of magic numbers in the back of our head, and so on both sides of that conversation, we're going to need to readjust and have honest conversations about what's realistic. So in the same way that all of us want to have, you know, a million subscribers and a million views and a million dollars in the bank account, you know, businesses also, you know, want to sell a million subscriptions and do, so, you know, so there, some of those numbers, even if they're realistic, are going to be hard for a lot of us to put down. It's like, oh, you know, I only have a hundred, you know, regular listeners to my podcast, okay, like a better analytical approach to that would be introducing in some way in that media kit, you know, who those people are sharing quotes or say, like, if you have a hundred people and you have a a soda, you know, you're talking about soda every single week, Mm -hmm. but a hundred of them, you know, 50 work for Dr. Pepper and the other 50 work for Pepsi. (laughs) Great. Like those are like the right people for that, you know, for that podcast. And those people know a ton of other people and maybe they have, you know, a lot of different relationships. So, I think you can I think you can pull different data out. And I think that would be the, the creative approach to being an analytical person. Right. Every we need both kinds is what I would yep. say. So, yeah, Grace, you had a great uh, question, a thing about the uh, note you want to talk to the audience about. I thought that was really good. So I'll let you say that because you the flip side one. No, the audience engagement thing that we were. We, mm. that you put in there about oh i said i, I added this yeah. okay i added this note it said the world needs your unique voice and perspective so keep creating and sharing your work with the world that is my message yes. to our audience yes and yeah. i i yes. think the creator made us all creative so i think we could be yes. like i think accountants are creative with numbers i think everybody has a story to <laughs> you tell. don't want your accountant to be too creative with yeah. your numbers you know what i mean but every but any any you can be creative in any industry um yeah, so oh please, gosh, yeah. Please, now I'm gonna get I, audited, but go ahead. No, <laughs> I, I, I know we're tight on time, but uh, but yeah, I it, like I we get this we get this question a lot actually. So I, I just want to throw this yeah. out there, like people who are like, oh, you know, I'm in X Y Z field, and I couldn't possibly do a podcast or a live stream or a show because like it's a super boring industry. <laughs> like it's you know like I'm like a I'm a lawyer or a plumber or whatever. I. I am blown away by the content and the following and the just the overall quality of 
of podcasts and of live videos from, you know, from our customers and, and folks who are not our customers who are just out there sharing helpful information. You know, we, there's a live streaming lawyer who is one of our customers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a Canadian immigration lawyer, which is like as dry as it comes for everyone but me. <laughs> and, and, but he, you know, but those are questions that you, when you need the answer to those questions, you just don't even know where to go. You're like, right. I don't, I can't, like, who do I hire? I, I don't want to spend money to just ask a really quick question. And so he's there live streaming, answering everyone's questions. And so every time someone is searching for that information, right. he comes up and they are getting to know him week after week after week. He is not what you would normally consider to be someone that's like overly creative and, you know, coming in with like, you know, dances during the countdowns and like fun <laughs> graphics sliding in. Right. Like so he's not what we would traditionally be like a YouTuber, but he's killing it out there and he's right. getting tons of new customers. And he, because he's out there helping people and sharing his knowledge and his expertise in uh, in the format and the medium where people are looking for that information. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's. I it's worth it to be like, out there. Agreed. Oh, I feel like you probably get to spike in his content approximately every two to four years, right? Katie? <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to keep it at that. So I, I was actually doing research here. for a, a client, a research for a client that um, he was a, he was a construction dirt work guy. And I did, there's like four or five podcasts on moving dirt. And they're huge. Yep. There's a huge YouTube channel where a guy goes around and just films big machines moving dirt. And it's like millions of subscribers. I'm like, yeah, there is a place for every, <laughs> you cannot say, getting, yeah, yeah, you cannot say you're, um, you're, there, uh, is, there is content for every, there's a, there's a niche for everyone. So yeah. speaking yep. of, uh, creating content, I want to talk about the flow podcast yeah. because it is also a video <laughs> podcast and yep. this came out today from pod news and i wanted to share it with you guys because mm -hmm. it was a survey that just came out and it said 46 percent of podcast listeners now say they prefer consuming them with video Yay! compared to 42 percent <laughs> who said they would rather listen without video now this is from pod news today We're i got hitting it that tipping point right before mm -hmm. um the show came out i said it was an article that came out so and people are discovering podcasts on YouTube, I think it's right up there with mm -hmm. Apple and some and Spotify. So yeah. video is becoming more and more important. And I want to give that out there because your show is all about that. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you can actually go to the flow.ecam.com right down below there. Make sure you go listen to that. Um, give a great rating and review because that really does help podcasting out. But talk to us about you've done a year of the flow Talk to us about what it is, what the, the whole thing is about and why um, you're continuing to do it. <laughs> so we started the flow predominantly because we, uh, as an Ecamm marketing team, were we're moving more into the podcasting market. So we were saying, you know, we're seeing this huge rise in podcasters starting to, you know, to explore adding video to their podcasts. There are more and more of these platforms are adding video podcasts in, you know, it, there's this, there's lots of questions coming in and doc, who is my co-host on the show knows literally everything <laughs> about this space. And I know nothing about this space. So I was like, well, what if we came up with this concept of, you know, of a show where we're literally going to have me the the our target audience you know who do who's like i have questions but i don't really know if they're good questions or mm -hmm. bad questions but you know bounce these ideas and these topics off of doc who can you know bring these um insights to life and talk through the process and really explain what the value is behind it and then obviously we have you know guests um who join us and we do a lot of case studies um 
and are, you know, moving forward into this. But yeah, the whole concept really was, <laughs> came out of this idea of we need to put our money where our mouths are or vice versa and right. be able to really, you know, if we're, if we're going to be real in this space, we need to be doing it ourselves and we need to understand like where the pain points are and the challenges are and how effective is Ecamm at letting us do this. So uh, it's been a really great journey. I feel actually after six-ish months of doing it that I'm, I feel, I feel like I can be on shows like this and answer a ton of questions about podcasting and about, you know, what, what the process is. And that's just from going there and asking dumb questions and researching and being okay with the fact that, you know, maybe my mic, you know, was set to the wrong thing and doc live, you know, on the show tells me like what I've done wrong or like my camera goes out or I, Mm -hmm. I, I'm calling it failing forward and I'm doing it now publicly. (laughs) I'm just failing forward publicly for everyone to watch, but it's been a really great experience for me. And I hope it's been a great experience for everyone watching just to know that it's okay to learn in public and you're going to get better every single episode and people really love watching the process. So um, yeah. it's a process podcast and it's been a lot of fun. So well, um, Jeff and I have been very transparent about the fact that this show, the one that we do every week, <laughs> is going forward. Freaking it is so freaking And also but you're, you stole my whole strategy of asking stupid questions because <laughs> Grace has to me? clean those up for me. No, I ask them. No. You are the one who gets them. <laughs> Grace is like, I do not. I do a That's lot right. of I do great questions. questions. What do you say? I write your questions. So uh, Gary says, uh, and he has a podcast too. I know that he's done. But he says, uh, Ecam mm-hmm. makes the podcast workflow yep. effortless. If you didn't know, if you're a podcaster, like we record this and we actually have everybody on separate tracks. So it makes yep. it super easy to level stuff out, trim it up, all the cool stuff. Um, yep. So uh, Ecam is amazing for producing a podcast and a video podcast at the same time. So yep. um, what do you, when you're interviewing these creators, what are you, what are you wanting to, you know, is there certain criteria you're trying to get for the show? I mean, are you looking for just a variety of different creators that you pull in and ask questions? Is that how you, how you do it? That's a great question. Um, so we're, we're getting, we're newer to the guest, uh, you know, bringing guests onto the show and we, so we have kind of two different, um, perspectives on it mm-hmm. and two different kind of sides to it that we've been doing. So one is, is just like a podcasting case study. So we're bringing people on who either have had a really, you know, a, have been podcasting or video podcasting for a while mm-hmm. and either, you know, are adding video to their podcast or just talking through like what the experience has been like for them or they're brand new and they've never done any kind of podcasting and we're bringing them on to like literally help them live work flow through like how they're going to get started and let them ask their questions and you know and and kind of think through and brainstorm through their challenges and then we do have um and we're hoping to get more on going forward but you know experts in various spaces so you know we use again tools as partners or tools as teammates we we use a bunch of different tools to be successful um in what we do on the podcast so you know looking to bring more of experts um from those tools or just experts in different aspects of podcasting to come on and and dive deep into like a specific topic like you know how do you pull a transcript for a podcast or how do you edit a podcast or you see some of these things that um our pain points or our questions or challenges people have. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great show. And, and doc is, yeah, he does know, and don't tell him I said that, but he, he, does know, <laughs> he does know pretty much everything when it comes to that stuff. Yes, um, yes. Grace, you had a question too, which is, I think is really, really cool um, because I think it is a big deal when you're both. 
Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, what is the biggest challenge? Because now you've been doing this for six months. We did round up to a year, but six months. <laughs> what is the biggest challenge when you're toggling between two different mindsets? You're the director of marketing over at Ecamm, but you're also a creator in this arena. So how do you juggle those two different mindsets when you're going after uh, these interviews and and uh, and pulling back the curtain a little because I think a lot of people honestly do not understand or don't realize because they haven't been around it what it takes to make an income or to be a creator. So I'd love to know how you balance those two things. Yeah, I, it's a work in progress. I I think it makes me more. I think. I think putting myself out there, and I've felt this way from the first day that I <laughs> that I started at Ecamm, but putting putting myself out there on video is going to make me a more effective marketing manager, marketing director, um, because I'll understand what the challenges are of our customers, and you know, I'm it. It's a really, it's an interesting and in some ways a really unique space to be in because you know our we almost have a reverse problem from a lot of other businesses. You know, we, we don't have an issue getting Ecamm out there. We, all of our customers are creators who love the software and who are talking about it on a regular basis. So, you know, if I, but they do have challenges with, you know, a feature that doesn't work the way that they think or trying to find something in the app or, you know, all these different things. So I think being out there and kind of in some ways pretending to be a creator until I really was a creator <laughs> has helped me has helped me figure out a lot of where where creators are coming from and what you know what their challenges are and what is important to them and where those pain points are that helps those discussions particularly about monetization uh, makes those discussions a lot easier for me as a marketing director because I I get it I, I understand that they're you know they're trying to be successful I get what their goals are I get you know how it feels to you know, have a mic go out or hear like a, what you think is an echo or have, you know, something horribly wrong. I, I know because I've, I've been there for those situations. <laughs> so I understand where people are coming from, from that and how important a lot of these, you know, a lot of these productions are. So how important it is to have certain features or how important it is for the software to work every time. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because yes. so I, I really see myself as, you know, wearing those two hats allows me also to be a really effective middleman between our, all of our customers and the and the creator space and our two developers who you know are just like focused into mm -hmm. the development of the app and aren't streaming on a regular basis so sometimes they're like you know like is it really all that important for us to have amazon live comments and i'm like yes it is it's i've talked to a bunch of our creators so the you know that side of it i think is also really important well that, i mean that's cool it's like you know yeah. what is that old thing it's like <laughs> i'm not just the president i'm also a member you know the hair club for men thing um <laughs> yeah. but yeah. but also that you you you're in the trenches and that you know like this takes time it's not like you know i we're doing this and we're instantly have a gazillion downloads you like you see the the process and the struggle and all the things that come with it and i yeah. can't remember who said it but it was like what 90 percent of success is just showing up which it's I just think showing is, up, yeah, yeah it, it's just being consistent and most podcasts yeah. i think the stats are they stop after seven episodes Yep. And so once you get past the 10, the 20s, the 30s, then you know, then then I think you have <laughs> success compared to a lot of people. What are you laughing yeah. at? 
And then eight years later, you're still with Jeff. So, That's you right. know, like <laughs> my beard was a lot darker back in the day. And uh, Doc says this, which is great. It says vulnerability is a superpower. People are tired mm-hmm. of the bulletproof persona of the gurus. Yeah. Gurus all get painfully exposed being the Wizard of Oz. So often now raw and real works well these days. Yeah. So yeah. very, very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Katie, this has been fabulous. We have to do this uh, way sooner than we did this time because this is a lot of fun, but I want you to be able to, to uh, talk a little bit about like some cool stuff coming up with Ecamm that, that <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know, we're excited about Ecamm, uh, but uh, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, lots going on at Ecamm. And if you've been hanging out with us, uh, in our community or in our discord, you will know that we have been head down, locked Ken and Glenn in a closet and we are <laughs> getting super close to rolling out Ecamm 4.0, um, this month coming super, super soon. So, um, it includes a ton of just incredible features. So, um, among them, we already talked about Amazon, which literally is new Glenn, you know, got that up and running so quickly, which was <laughs> super exciting for us. Uh, multi-streaming is now um, a feature within Ecamm. So if you've been, you know, um, really looking for that as a tool that is now uh, built into 4.0, there's a whole new camera switcher and oh, yeah, kind so of cool. the main um, functionality within Ecamm is uh, just now much easier to use, better defined, lets you really leverage all of those incredible tools you spent all your Christmas money on. <laughs> we, we got you. <laughs> we're here to support you in that. Um, and, you know, re- and again, you were mentioning this sort of in passing earlier, but, um, you know, Ecamm has really over the last few years developed past just being this, you know, really powerful uh, live streaming tool and really is a tool that you can keep on all the time because mm-hmm. you can use it in every right. aspect of what you're doing. You know, if you want to record like uh, your Zoom meeting, you can do that with Ecamm on through our virtual camera. You know, you can run pre- presentations and webinars and meetings and a number of different tools. Uh, you can record, you know, all your vertical video to use right. across all those different social platforms. Um, and it's got this new um, feature within it uh, called ISO video, isolated oh, video, which is, is the- so awesome partner to our audio. So if, you know, as you get better or if you're starting off as a production person, it just really gives you, you know, a ton of different video footage. So, you know, in this case, it would be like you would have the video of, you know, of the three of us with our, with the cool backgrounds and all of the um, awesomeness that is the show. But you'd also have my video, you know, clean, separate. You would have Grace's video clean and separate, Jeff's video clean and separate, audio for each one of those so that you could really you know, seam those together in post-production and editing and be able to create all kinds of different video content or, you know, really, um, really high quality video. Uh, yeah. yeah. And results. So yeah, lots of really thinking through kind of Ecamm is this just full production studio. So, you know, again, if you, if you can be clever and just leave it on in the background, you can create pitch decks, oh. you can send video memos, <laughs> you can, you can be real annoying on video across every, so, every aspect. I, so you, you touch, you don't understand how yeah. as a, cause I'm a big repurposer, you know, how yeah. important those ISO tracks be are. Rolling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Because like when I, when I film a, uh, like an, I'll just give you an example, an Amazon product video. So I have the yeah. top down and I have my little cam, my face in there. And now I can capture all of that and I can repurpose it as reels. I can repurpose it as, uh, you know, vertical video and all this stuff because I have all the content separate. I don't please understand how important that is. That is amazing, folks. You got to check it out. It's coming in 4.0. You can find out more at socialmediannewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank Thank you for sticking with us. 
Um, Grace, where can people find out all about, all about Grace Duffy? I'm here every week, Jeff, every week, except when I'm not. Our next show is Friday, January 20th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. And we will be here, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Amazon Live. So excited. This was a great show. Katie, yes. thank you so much for joining us. Thanks thank so you for Doc Rock and, and Gary <laughs> and Robert and all you folks who, and Dustin and everybody who left great comments today on the yes. show. We appreciate you. We, we wouldn't be able to do the show without you. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much, Katie, for being here. And with that, we'll see you guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Social Media News Live.